It is no secret that there are a lot of frustrated thyroid thrivers out there who feel they are not getting effective, comprehensive testing and care and treatment for their hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's and who are really paying the price with their health because of it. There is a problem with the current standard of care and there are a lot of people trying to change that, trying to be a voice for change. I'm one of those people and my very, very special guest today is one of those people. Dr. Antonio Bianco is the former president of the American Thyroid Association. He's written an absolutely incredible groundbreaking book about this topic called Rethinking Hypothyroidism. So in today's episode, we're going to talk all about that. What needs to change with the standard of care? What kind of treatment options are should be offered to everyone? What kind of treatment options are out there? What is Dr. Bianco doing in his field, you know, making with the people making the rules around this stuff to advocate for a higher standard of care for thyroid patients? This is a high impact show today, Thyroid Thrivers. So stick around. Hello, Thyroid Thrivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am thrilled to be here today with a very special guest to talk about rethinking hypothyroidism treatment. Antonio C. Bianco, MD, is a professor of medicine and a member of the Committee on Molecular Metabolism and Nutrition at the University of Chicago, where he runs a lab funded by the National Institutes of Health to study thyroid hormones. Dr. Bianco is also a former president of the American Thyroid Association. His recent book, Rethinking Hypothyroidism, offers an accessible overview of the treatment of hypothyroidism and the role of big pharma in shaping it, making the case that the current approach is failing many patients. This is going to be a great show today, listeners, so stick around. Dr. Bianco, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you very much for having me, Jeannie. It's a pleasure. I've been so looking forward to this interview, you know, since I started podcasting back in 2017, I've interviewed, I've been really lucky to interview a lot of amazing people, some of the leading thyroid experts, advocates, doctors, but I don't think I've ever had someone on the show who has been so influential in the world of thyroid treatment. And I read your book cover to cover. It absolutely blew my mind. And I'm going to try really hard not to gush too much about it on the show, but I am genuinely grateful to you for writing this book and putting it out into the world, especially as a thyroid advocate. You really gave a voice to patients who have been frustrated by the standard of care. So I just want to start by you know, letting the readers know how great this book is and thanking you for, for writing it. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I've been uh, treating patients with hypothyroidism for a number of years, and uh, I definitely evolved. Uh, I think that for 30 years, I was just doing the, the standard treatment with levothyroxine and uh, normalizing TSH. And uh, whenever patients 
I mean, that sometimes patients didn't feel well. And whenever they complained, I said, well, you know, your TSH is normal. There's nothing, there, there's not much more I can do for you. We, and I would just uh, convince them that uh, everything was fine with their thyroid until I, I think I evolved. I, I learned more and I realized that we could do better. We could do a better job for those patients. Mm. Yeah, I know so many of the listeners uh, and myself included can relate to that, you know, and levothyroxine synthetic T4 TSH testing alone, you know, may work for the majority of patients, but it doesn't work for everyone. Um, And that can have devastating consequences for us as patients. I know that was really a, a game changer for me. Uh, working with someone who was able to help me get on, you know, medication that was more suited to me that incorporated Mm -hmm. T3. I don't want to get too far into that yet, but um, I want to go back to what you said about working with patients. And that's something I think that's so unique about your work is that not only are you in the lab, you're a researcher, you know, doing these studies, you've also been a leader in the field, you know, as the former president of the American Thyroid Association, but you have years of experience really working with patients in a clinical setting, just as a regular doctor. Right. I'd love to start by hearing a little bit more about maybe some of the patients who inspired you to write Rethinking Hypothyroidism. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so I, I think that uh, I'm looking, I'm thinking back in time and uh Obviously, I, I went to medical school and I was trained in Brazil. And the treatment in Brazil was pretty similar to what treatment in the U.S. is. And uh, most patients will be fine. And then some, you know, every now and then there will be a patient that wasn't satisfied. And in the middle of all the other patients we have, busy clinics, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to see patients. You have to close your charts. I mean, you're not thinking too much about that. You're just moving to the next patient. Unfortunately, that's a reality in medicine today in in a lot of settings. Uh, But then uh, in Miami, when I was seeing patients at University of Miami, I I had a patient. She was a teacher, and she told me that uh, she had the thyroidectomy because of a thyroid nodule. The nodule was benign. But the minute she started on levothyroxine as she was discharged from the hospital, she didn't feel well. And mm-hmm. I tell the story in the book. Uh, you know, she she complained about uh, her foggy brain, which is a lot of uh, patients uh, complain about. Not be, you know very tired, low energy. Uh, she even said that she was that gaining some weight. And this had been that maybe four or five months since her surgery. And her TSH was normal, and I did whatever I was doing at that time. I said, you know, there's nothing much I can do about it. I think you need to cut down your calories. You need to exercise more. All that, uh, you know, what I've been telling my patients. And she was a teacher. And unfortunately, she had to quit her job because she could not handle that uh, dynamic environment of a classroom. She was, I think she was a, a middle school teacher. And uh, she could not deal with that anymore. And she stopped working. And she felt very bad about it because uh, her line of work uh, was, you know, she couldn't work anymore. Mm. And so I 
maybe three or four weeks later, I had another patient with a very similar story, another teacher that stopped teaching because she was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and she was placed on levothyroxine. At that, I said, well, well, wait a minute, two teachers? I mean, I first I, I checked, is there something wrong here? But then I realized that something had to change. I mean, it was not possible that two patients of mine with very similar stories and such an impact on their lives. I mean, we're not talking about feeling tired, uh, you know, uh, uh, mental fatigue. We're talking about quitting their jobs. So at that moment, I realized that maybe we were not doing the right thing or everything we could do for those patients. And I had heard about combination therapy, which is uh, levothyroxine plus another hormone, which is called triiodothyronine or, or liothyronine or T3. And I, I said, you know, uh, I'm going to try and see what happens with this patient. And she improved very rapidly. Uh, she made a big difference in her life. And from that point on, I started considering combination therapy uh, for patients that do not fully uh, recover uh, just with levothyroxine. And I have to say, I have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of patients that, uh, you know, I don't have to even ask. They send me an email. They call right after, uh, you know, a few weeks later, I get an email saying, well, thank you. And I even put in my book, several emails that I received from my patients, thanking and explaining that it was a game changer for them. So when that happened, I went to my laboratory and I started saying, well, wait a minute, maybe we, we should, I need to figure it out what's going on. And so I changed the focus of my research uh, to, uh, to address this question, uh, how well are we treating patients with hypothyroidism? And uh, so uh, I was fortunate to get a wonderful team of uh, scientists and uh, that worked with me. And slowly uh, in the last 10 or 15 years, we have made some progress in that area, uh, understanding better uh, how do we normalize, how do we restore thyroid hormone levels in these patients. You mentioned, you know, the combination therapy uh, versus T4 alone. Uh, yeah. So many patients, you know, they just, when you get the diagnosis, it's like, this isn't a big deal. You just right. test your TSH. Here's a synthetic T4 prescription. Um, can you maybe just tell us, like, give us like kind of the nutshell of some of the different treatment options and, mm -hmm. and how that works for patients and maybe <clears throat> what is needs to change about that standard of care. Sure. Well, uh, the thyroid makes this hormone called thyroxine, which is also known as T4. And when the thyroid doesn't work anymore or the thyroid gets removed, you know, we need we just give the patients the hormone that their thyroid would normally produce, which is T4. But T4 is not a, a real hormone. It's what's we it's known as a pro-hormone. T4 doesn't do anything. T4 is not able to trigger any reactions in our body. Before T4 can do that, T4 needs to be activated into T3. So our body takes up the T4 from those little tablets and transforms it to T3. 
And T3 is the active hormone, the molecule that actually resolves symptoms of hypothyroidism. So when you have hypothyroidism, uh, let's say you've, 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 your skin is dry or your, your bowel movements are sparse, I mean, you have constipation and you feel cold. So when you're treated with T4, T4 is not resolving these symptoms. T4 is being converted to T3. Our body can activate T4 into a strong molecule, which is T3. Now, we doctors trust that the body will produce sufficient amounts of T3 to resolve all the symptoms of hypothyroidism. And in fact, most patients can do that. Most patients just take the tablet of T4, absorb T4, and the tissues, the organs convert T4 to T3 and symptoms are resolved. However, a minority of the patients have a problem doing that. There are issues with this conversion of T4 to T3 and they cannot restore the normal levels of T3, which is the active hormone in the circulation. And so an, excuse me, an obvious treatment is to supplement a little bit with T3 that's missing. They can convert T4 to T3, but not enough, not sufficient. So our job is to give, in addition to giving T4, we give a little bit of T3 to bring that level of that important hormone back to normal again. So that's what's known as combination therapy. So you have monotherapy, which is just with levothyroxine, in which case the body can produce normal amounts of T3. And for those that can't, you just give a combination therapy, T4 plus a little bit of T3. Now, you, you asked about options. There's a third option, which is uh, thyroid extracted from uh, an animal. Uh, it's a thyroid powder extracted from pig. People call it a natural thyroid powder or whatever. It's the scientific name is desiccated thyroid extract. It's a thyroid extract from started from pigs, from sheep, from cows. But norm, uh, today in our American market, we only have extracted from pigs. And that's essentially combination therapy again, because in those, that thyroid powder contains both T4 and T3. So uh, I guess... In the U.S. today, we have uh, maybe 15, 20 million patients taking levothyroxine or being treated for hypothyroidism. Uh, I would say 10% are on combination therapy only. 90% are on monotherapy. Mm -hmm. Those on combination therapy, most are on thyroid, desiccated thyroid extract a minority is on synthetic T4 plus T3, two tablets. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many patients do you think are in that group that isn't very effectively converting T4 into T3? So that's a good question. We don't know exactly for sure. We, all we know is based on uh, different uh, center, the experience of different centers. So I, I like to put the number anywhere between 10 and 20%. Since I, I, that's the, the, the band that I, I think it's reasonable, I put that in the book and I got a lot of patients saying it's much more than that. 
I was just going to say, I would right. guess it's higher. <laughs> uh, and, 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 but I did get a lot of doctors saying it's much less than that. Mm. So the, now I think we made progress because doctors are admitting that that category of patients exists because until recently, until a few years ago, we didn't not even admit that those patients existed, right? Mm -hmm. So now we admit, but now the, 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 what, what I hear a lot is, you know, probably it's, it's less than 10%, not as much as 20% there is saying. Well, I mean, first I'm extremely happy that now this category of patients are being recognized by uh, professionals, by our doctors. And second, <clears throat> the, we need to address them. Uh, if it's 10 or 20%, it really doesn't matter. Uh, we just need to recognize their existence. And I think that tell the patients, because I find it just telling the patient, number one, I believe what you're telling me. I, I understand what you're telling me. Because they're used to going to the doctor and said, doctor said, your TSH is normal. Go home. I, mm -hmm. I did that. I did that myself with my patients for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I know what this is. And I think that that frustrates the patient so much. Mm -hmm. And now I regret that. Uh, and I, uh, uh, I think that we just have to say, well, listen, I understand what you're going through. I believe what you're saying. And I'm going to try to help. I, I can't guarantee I'm going to uh, help you 100%, but maybe we can make things better. Mm. I so appreciate your advocacy in that way, you know, as someone who personally went through this, this is why right. I do what I do, because the first four years after my diagnosis, I was told by my doctor, you know, every year I'd go in once a year to have my TSH tested and if needed, my dosage adjusted and I'd say, I just don't feel like myself. I'm tired all day, every day. I'm I'm on a calorie restricted program right. and gaining weight. And, you know, oh, it's just, you're just getting older. You, you just need to eat less and exercise more. You know, that can have consequences when you're, when you're yeah, hypothyroid. I know. And it, it made, you know, those four years very difficult. And my whole system just was not functioning. I mean, you know, it's your whole, it affects every system mm -hmm. and organ in the body, yeah. my immune system. I couldn't like recover from the common cold. So it was just this like cascade of health issues. And my doctor and a couple other, you know, doctors at like urgent care or whatever throughout those years, I'd say, do you think this could have something to do with my thyroid? I just feel so off since, you know, since I've been diagnosed and on this medication and just, oh no, no, that has nothing to, no, your TSH is normal. I you're know. fine. So, um, you know, I really commend you for speaking out about that on behalf of patients and especially amongst your colleagues, you know, you are, your book really gives us a peek kind of behind the curtain of the medical establishment going right. into the labs into the, these um, physician associations where the rules about this are made. And I'll be honest, a lot of that was kind of hard to sit with as a patient. Can you tell us a little bit about trying to bridge that gap between the voices of your patients and 
you know, your colleagues in the medical establishment, what's been most challenging about that? And, and maybe as a follow-up, what has brought you hope? Well, I mean, I think that uh, rightly so, physicians and associations and task forces that are asked to write guidelines, they need to be sensitive to data. They have to be moved by clinical trials, as I explain in the book. And I think, uh, uh, and, and uh, we should not change that. We really need unbiased studies uh, in order to make recommendations. Uh, I would uh, you know, not support if we are just making recommendations based on what one patient tells me or two patients tell me. I mean, we really need to have a scientific approach to this. But what, what I think it has been moving and changing is the fact that things are not okay with hypothyroid patients. Mm -hmm. So I think that we went through a period of time, which is probably 20 or 30 years, in which hypothyroidism has been resolved. And we don't have to worry about hypothyroidism anymore. That was the consensus and, and I think that now, people now appreciate that that's not true and we need to do something about it. So now what I see and what brings me hope is there are a lot of publications, a lot of young individuals focusing their careers on studying the problem of hypothyroidism, which I've been told by colleagues in the past you, you, you're an endocrinologist and you treat patients with hypothyroidism, that's the most mundane and trivial thing that, you know, I, I don't even know why you trained as endocrinologist to, to do that. So it was considered a very trivial thing to take care of was patients with hypothyroidism. And I think that now that changed because I see grants being funded uh, proposals being funded to study hypothyroidism. And I see journals publishing a lot of studies on hypothyroidism. So that's what brings me hope. And eventually, if combination therapy uh, turns out, just speculating it, turn out not, turns out not to be the holy grail of this, you know, we're going to find what the holy grail is we, because with true research, we're going to be able to do it. But I think uh, uh, this interface between patients and doctors changed. And uh, it was very confrontational. I, I tried in the past talking to colleagues, uh, maybe we should uh, reach out to patients' associations and to patient advocacy groups. And that didn't go anywhere. Uh, it was... Uh, not a lot of enthusiasm because I think that people were just not enthusiastic about hypothyroidism, not with the idea that not much there, you know, that's not much to discover, to be discovered there. And I think that we changed uh, that, that we are evolving very rapidly to a better situation. Mm. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. I can see how, you know, the, I can see the appeal of that that treatment plan of, oh, we just monitor the TSH and adjust the, the right. synthetic T4 dosage. And it's very simple. I mean, yes. I could do that at, you know, 
a vending machine, <laughs> you know? That's exactly right. And that's how we, we, we end up where we are because we made that thing so automatic. Yeah, yeah. You talk a lot about the history in the book of hypothyroidism treatment. Uh, I thought that was so fascinating. And you talked about the, you know, um, thyroid extract or uh, NDT, natural desiccated thyroid, you know, goes by lots of different names. And how when we kind of shifted away from everyone in, you know, the past being treated with that Mm -hmm. to this synthetic, you know, T4, where things kind of went sideways. Um, How has big pharma played a role in that, you know, historical timeline? Well, uh, the desiccated thyroid extract, as you pointed out, it was the first uh, form of treatment for hypothyroidism. It was developed in 1900 around that time, and uh, it was extremely successful because if you just think about the hypothyroidism was this very debilitating disease that had no treatment, and once this became available, it changed people's lives. So I think that uh, it was a very successful approach to treat hypothyroid patients, so much that it lasted for 70 years. Until 1970, the standard of care was desiccated thyroid extract. So if you were to become hypothyroid in 1965, you would be treated with desiccated thyroid extract, no questions asked. Very rarely you would see a patient treated with synthetic uh, levothyroxine or thyroidine. they were available, but they were just not used because doctors were used to using desiccated thyroid extract. But desiccated thyroid extract, there was there were issues, and the first issue was the uh, inconsistency in the potency. Uh, when you take the the thyroid from an animal and you prepare a extract. Uh, the amount of thyroid hormone in that thyroid uh, depends on how much iodine the the animal is eating. So that's number one. Number two, depends on the season of the year. If it's winter, if it's in the summer, there's more T4 and T3, and in the winter, there's less. So there's a lot of variability so that uh, patients were being treated with desiccated thyroid extract, but doctors recognize that there was a lot of variability and that was not uh, optimal. That was not ideal. It was better than not treating anyone, but it was, you, it required a lot of work. And uh, I went through the books uh, over that period of time. And uh, whoever wrote those books, they said, well, you have to be familiarized with different potencies, different brands have different, you know, that was not a standardization. Now, in, around the 80s or uh, maybe 85, around that time, uh, the USP, uh, which is an agency in the US that standardizes doses of uh, different uh, substances and um, medications, they develop a new method. They said, well, from now on, if you want to sell this thing, you need to standardize according to this method, which is a modern method that measures the amount of T4 and T3 in each tablet. So since then, that 
standardization issue has been resolved. And there's no more reason for uh, doctors say, well, I don't like this because it's going to change over time. No, I mean, this is not, it's been a while since the, the dose has been standardized and now it's monitored. Uh, they have to report this. And every time there's uh, something off, they have to recall the batches. But, you know, I have to tell you, every medication recalls batches all the time. You just go to the FDA website and you see every drug available, there will be batches that are not manufactured according to the specifications and they're recalled. So I, I think that that issue has been resolved. Now, there's another issue, which is the issue of safety. Uh, and why do I say that? Because T3 is a very potent molecule and T3 is rapidly absorbed. So after a patient takes a tablet containing T3, either synthetic or the natural tablets containing T3, it's gonna be very similar. T3 will be rapidly absorbed and the T3 concentration in the blood will go up. It will peak at around three hours after you take the tablet and it will come down also rapidly. So there is a concern doctors, and this is not physiological because if you look at a healthy person with a healthy thyroid, the T3 levels in the blood are stable. They're not fluctuating. So then when you take the tablet, you're doing this. You're fluctuating the T3 levels. Mm -hmm. You're not stabilizing. And so there's a concern that because this is not physiological, these peaks of T3 over a lifetime might be detrimental for your health. Well, what would be the concern? Peaks of T3, they might potentially, hypothetically speaking, they could affect your rhythm of your heart. And how do we know that? Because when you take a large dose of T3 and the peaks are really high, patients will complain of palpitation. So patient will come to my office and say, you know, at, at two or three hours after I take this tablet, I start sweating. I become a little jittery in my heart. I feel my heart in my neck. That's mm -hmm. classical symptom that the dose of T3 is too high. So we need to bring this down. And uh, there are also issues that could be accelerating bone metabolism and uh, increase the likelihood of a patient that will weaken your bone and you might have a bone fracture. So because of these concerns, uh, task forces that are asked to write guidelines said, you know what, we should not be using combination therapy, either synthetic or natural, because these peaks of T3, we don't know what happens uh, uh, over time. Not, they, we need more safety data. And, and that goes back to the doctors can only recommend something when we feel it's safe. I don't want to, you know, even though you feel super good with this, it might not be safe. So there's a, a conversation to be had here. Now, the good thing about this is that we now have data supporting the idea that combination therapy, either natural or synthetic, when properly used, it's safe. I mean, there's no evidence that this would be detrimental for your health. There are about 
20 clinical trials that compare monotherapy with combination therapy over a period of time between six months and a year. They measured blood, blood pressure. They measured heart rate. They measured a lot of uh, things. They measured bone metabolism. They didn't find anything. There was no difference between combination therapy and monotherapy with levothyroxine. But again, the doctor said, well, maybe six months to a year, it's not a lot of time. Maybe we need more time to, to make sure that this is really safe. Because, you know, remember, patients are going to take this for the rest of their lives. So uh, there were studies done, retrospective studies done, one in Scotland, in which they looked for a group. They, they, they tracked uh, about 400 patients taking combination therapy for 17 years, uh, some 17 years, some 10 years, but for a long time. And there were no issues associated with cardiovascular mortality or bone fractures or anything like that. Then in Sweden, they looked at 11,000 individuals taking, uh, now see how the numbers are increasing. Uh, They're taking uh, combination therapy 11,000 individuals for an average of eight years, and there were no increase the incidence of mortality. So I think we do have the clinical trials and we have these two populational studies, very solid telling us that this actually, it, 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 it is safe when you do it in, in a correct way. Obviously, if you give it too much, and I can, we can talk about it, how you calculate, how you use that. Uh, but at the right dosage, it should not be a problem for the patient. Now, I, I, I need to mention a study that was recently published in Korea in which uh, the, the doctors there reported an association between combination therapy and increased uh, heart problems. Now, the issue with that study is that we don't know how much they were taking. We don't know the TSH levels. We don't know the T3 levels. We don't know the T4 levels. It's just, uh, so for all we know, they could be taking a lot of thyroid hormone. And we know if you take too much thyroid hormone, it, it doesn't have to be T3. T4 does the same thing. If you take too much T4, you're going to have heart problems as yeah, well. Yeah, you're going to know. <laughs> exactly. So therefore, I mean, I, I'm not giving a lot of... Uh, 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 credit for that study because if we really now we do have studies showing that there's no problem now if you want to challenge that come with something solid come with a study in which you measured everything and then you're proving and then obviously we have to be to pay attention to that but that's not the case so i think that the potency of the natural the desiccated thyroid extract has been resolved the safety of the combination therapy has been resolved. And, and doctors are so convinced that that's a fact that even in our guidelines, now we write, you should give a combination therapy for those patients that don't feel well on monotherapy alone. And you should try combination therapy. And so I think that we are very open-minded and the field has changed a lot. Now we need to make sure all doctors in the community understand that this change has occurred. occurred. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for that answer. That gives me so much clarity and is great to hear too, as someone who's on combination therapy, my medication story, you know, I started on synthetic T4 only was miserable for four years. Um, I switched to uh, a more, I, well, I switched to tyrosine, which is like better absorbability yeah, yeah. and eventually added in some um, T3 Lyothyronine. I, I get it from a compounding pharmacy locally that is, they do a formula that's sustained release. So it's like a, they say it takes about six to eight hours. Mm -hmm. I know there's some concerns about, you know, compounding, like the dosage being um, inconsistent. Sometimes I've never had an issue. I feel really good on this. And I have also tried uh, what I refer to typically as NDT, natural desiccated thyroid and I didn't do well on that. It put me on a hypo hyper roller coaster. Right. I, I'm not sure why, but as a thyroid advocate, you know, my mentors have taught me when people ask what's the best medication, my, you know, canned response is it, it's the, the right medication for you in the right brand that works I, for you at the correct dose. I agree. I agree with that. I, I think that, uh, I think that the doctor needs to work with the patients mm -hmm. and they need to help the patient find a better place in, in a safe situation. Uh, if you tell me, Oh, I need to take this uh, hormone uh, T3 or T4 at a certain dosage. And I think that maybe this dose is too much for you. I need to alert you. I need to say, well, you know, this is probably, you're feeling good, but it might not be ideal for you in 10 or 20 years because this is going to have the side effects. But so the doctor needs to work with the patient. I hey, Thyroid Therapist, I just wanted to hop in with an important message for any of you who might be listening today and thinking, this is me. I am so frustrated with the care that I'm getting. I'm not feeling great on my medication. I'm having to argue with my doctor to get anything more than my TSH tested. I don't feel well. I have all these symptoms in spite of a normal TSH. What can I do? There is a better option. And I know, I know this, that the find a doctor piece of the puzzle can be a huge roadblock and it can be really tough. It took me years to find a doctor that I really liked. And guess what? Now that doctor is retiring. So I have made the switch to working with Paloma Health. I now get my treatment from Paloma Health. Paloma offers thyroid specific telemedicine, nutrition counseling, health coaching, information, education. It is the full thyroid suite of care from doctors who maybe they have some functional integrative or holistic training, maybe they're thyroid patients themselves. These are doctors who are offering across the board that higher standard of care. They offer testing that is a comprehensive at-home complete thyroid hormone panel. Uh, there was no arguing with my doctor at all at Paloma about what kind of medication I wanted, even though I'm on something that my regular MD is like, I don't even know what that is. I don't know how to prescribe it. I didn't have to deal with any of that at Paloma. It was so easy. Uh, they take a lot of insurance. They're covered in many, many states. I know they're going for, you know, trying to get coverage across the whole U.S. So check Paloma out. See if it's an option for you. 
And even if you do have to pay out of pocket, it's it's actually quite affordable. So don't settle for feeling tired and sick all the time. I highly, highly recommend Paloma Health. I've partnered with them for years. I believe wholeheartedly in their mission. And I think it's just a fantastic option for any of you who are listening to the today's show and who are thinking, I need to do something different. I need to get out there and try to find better care. So just wanted to share that option. You can learn more at PalomaHealth.com. A great way to test out their services is to try their complete at-home thyroid test kit that offers TSH, free T3, free free T4, and TPO antibodies. They also offer some add-ons like vitamin D or reverse T3 to their home test kit. So really super easy. They send it right to your house. You don't have to go to the lab and you can get 30% off of their at-home complete thyroid test kit when you use the code HYPOTHYROIDCHEF. I will put the link for that in the show notes for you. So once again, that's PalomaHealth.com, and you can get 30% off their complete at-home thyroid test kit with the coupon code HYPOTHYROIDCHEF. All right, back to the show. But So the doctor needs to work with the patient. I think we are... For those patients that do well on a tablet of levothyroxine and come back next year, that's fine too. I mean, we, we don't have to change any of that because if you're actually the studies show that if you're happy on levothyroxine, you're not going to be benefit even further if you go to combination therapy. That's what our studies have shown. And only those individuals that don't do well on levothyroxine are the ones that really benefit from combination therapy. Mm. You know, I've been really dying to ask you this, um, you know, because uh, natural desiccated thyroid has the T1, T2, T3, and T4. And we've talked so much today about T3 and T4, and that those are kind of the options you hear most about. With your expertise and knowledge and research, what do you know? I wonder, like, what about T1 and T2? Don't they do anything? How come we never hear about those? Does it matter? What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I have to say, since I've been proven wrong so many times in my life before, and since I had to change my stand so many times, especially on this hypothyroidism thing, I don't want to, uh, the science tells me that the amount of T1 and T2 in those tablets is very small. Normally, we would say uh, that T1 and T2 don't do anything. However, if you Google T2, there's actually several studies. It uh, started with uh, studies in Italy, and then the studies were also done in Germany and in other studies in other countries showing that T2 has a metabolic effect, but the doses of T2 are really high that were used. So mm-hmm. I don't think in the tablets that patients take for desiccated thyroid extract, it contains sufficient T2 to do anything. Our study uh, in which we did a, a blinded study, so we gave patients levothyroxine, uh, synthetic T4 and T3 or desiccated thyroid extract. They didn't know what they were having, right? So the ones that prefer combination therapy, they didn't know the difference between synthetic or natural desiccated thyroid extract. 
So I would think that the most important components of the desiccated iron extract is T3 and T4. Yes, there are other molecules there because we are taking the whole thyroid and desiccating it. Uh, whether those other molecules are important or not, the evidence right now do not point in that direction, but we have to keep an open mind. So I learned that I, we need to keep an open mind before writing things off. Mm -hmm. So still some question marks there, I guess. I, I, I think that it, I think it's a valid question. I mean, it's uh, uh, should we look at this more carefully? Yeah, the issue with with looking at these things more carefully means someone has to pay. That's the problem. I would love to look at all these questions you're asking, but who's <laughs> right. going to pay for these trials? You know, a mm -hmm. clinical trial today it costs millions and millions, mm -hmm. like maybe fifteen million dollars, twenty million dollars to answer very simple questions. Mm -hmm. So uh, who's going to finance that? Right. Uh, and that is the, the limiting factor, I would say, uh, because when we go to, you know, if uh, people in, in with the responsibility of distributing money to different projects, they will say, well, hypothyroidism, hypothyroid, that has been resolved 50 years ago. We don't have to fund anything in hypothyroidism. So that has been the status quo, and that has changed, as I said in the beginning of the interview. Now we see more money going towards hypothyroidism because this is it realized that this is such an important thing. Mm, and so common, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always think of that, you know, there's in conventional medicine, that's one of the pros, that's one of the benefits is that it's scientifically backed, it's evidence-based, and I also see where that can be a burden because it's so hard to get, you know, the double blind placebo controlled right. studies exactly. done that are valid, you know, about things like how does diet and lifestyle factor in, for example. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And and it, 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 it is a burden, as you said, because if we have something established to change that, you need a a double blind placebo controlled trial. But wait a minute. But that's I don't have 15 million dollars to, to prove that this we could do better. Well, if you don't have it, we, we're not going to change it. Yeah. So that is a, a, a double edged sword that uh, you know I don't know exactly how to deal with that. What's your best advice before we wrap it up for patients who might be listening, who, you know, they're not feeling their best in spite of a normal TSH and they're just still, cause this happens still a lot, you know, where they're being dismissed by their doctors. You're fine. Your TSH is normal. You know, here's your T4 and, and go on your way. What's your advice to patients who are in that situation? How can we try to bridge that divide and advocate for ourselves with our doctors for the care that we want and need? Yeah, well, uh, I think uh, th there's got to be the right match between the doctor and the patient. Uh, if the, it, There are certain doctors that don't want to hear about combination therapy. They don't want to hear the fact that patients are not fully satisfied, even though they have a normal TSH. So if that's the case with your doctor, this could be a wonderful doctor, but I would recommend changing doctors because 
you need to find a patient needs to find a doctor that's going to listen and believe what he or she are telling. And there are many doctors that do believe and care and, and do have the time. So uh, what I see happening is that patients sending emails to doctors, listen, uh, this is my problem. I want to see if you're open to try something new and not give me only levothyroxine. I think that's one approach. Some doctors will respond. If not, call the doctor's office and say, listen, this is my situation. I want to know if the doctor ha has patients on combination therapy or has patients with symptoms while they are on levothyroxine. You need to inquire that from the doctor because if the doctor right there is to say, no, I'm not going to give any combination therapy. Don't waste your time. That's number one. I think number two, there are so many patient associations, patient groups on Facebook, on Twitter. And uh, you should, if you, if a patient goes on Twitter or Facebook and ask one of the groups, does anyone know a doctor in this area that will uh, be amenable to prescribing combination therapy, they, you will get the name of a doctor. And I, I've seen this uh, frequently. So patients need to help each other. Uh, and, and I think that that's, uh, if you think that there are about 1.5 million people in the US taking desiccated thyroid extract, so there's a lot of people prescribing desiccated thyroid extract. There are about 400,000 individuals taking synthetic combination therapy. So doctors are prescribing. And, and so you need to find a doctor that will be open to that and, and try to avoid this staying with your with the same doctor in the conflict because that's not going to help your situation at all. You need to find somebody else. Great advice. Yeah. Dr. Bianco, thank you so much for being on the show with us today and for sharing your wisdom and expertise with us. And again, I, I really want to thank you on behalf of the patient community for writing this book. I really believe that rethinking hypothyroidism could be a game changer for patients for changing the standard of care. And I, I hope that many patients read it, but more than that, I hope a lot of doctors read it and that it really helps build more awareness and understanding that we do need to improve and update this standard of care for hypothyroidism. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much, Jean, for having me. I think your show is important uh, to increase awareness for patients. I think this is, this is what we have to do. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, for the listeners, the book is Rethinking Hypothyroidism by Antonio Bianco, MD. It's available anywhere books are sold. I highly encourage all of you to read this. It was absolutely captivating, educational, mind-blowing. I learned so much. Um, so again, uh, thank you for writing this book. And yeah, to the listeners, please do check it out. So thank you again, Dr. Bianco. And thanks to the listeners for being here with us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. It really does help. 
This is the season finale of Thyroid Healthy Bites. This was a really great season, and this interview with Dr. Bianco, I think, makes such a fitting finale. I want to thank you for your listenership and support. I've been feeling so grateful for all of you who tune in to empower yourself and improve your health, while also allowing me to do the work that I love so very much. This really is a reciprocal relationship between you and me, even if we've never actually met. I will be back in the fall with more episodes. I've already got a bunch of them lined up and I'm so excited about the way THB is just organically blossoming into something that has helped so many people and is a great way for us to stay connected. So thank you for coming along for this ride. Thank you for your reviews, your questions, your emails, and for letting me be the creator that I am, one with so much love for this community. During this short summer break, I'll be recharging my creative batteries, having some fun in the sun, and spending extra time with my family, especially my son while he's out of school for the summer and who just graduated from elementary school. So this seasonal break is part of how I find that soul recharging time for the people and the adventures that I love. This summer is a great time for you to dig into some of the Thyroid Healthy Bites archives. I'll be sharing some of my best episodes from the vault each week with my email subscribers. So if you're not on my email list, you can find the link to sign up in the show notes and I'll send you my free Thyroid Thrivers Grocery Guide. Then once a week, you'll get my weekly bites newsletter featuring thyroid healthy recipes, lifestyle tips, and of course, those greatest hits from the podcast vault delivered right to your inbox. You don't have to lift a finger. If you want to stay connected with me and get personal support over the summer so that you can continue working towards your health goals, the best way to do that is to check out my membership. I invite you to join us in the Thrivers Club because it can be kind of a leap to go from listening to this podcast to actually living and eating in a thyroid healthy way. And that's what the Thrivers Club is all about, helping you make those changes in the real world, in real life, where the results happen. So whether you're trying to eat better, lose weight, get more energy, or just learn about the ins and outs of thyroid healthy food and lifestyle, let's do it. You can learn more about the Thrivers Club at hypothyroidchef.com slash membership, or click the link in the show notes. And because the Thrivers Club is new this year, if you join now, you can lock in founding member pricing for the lifetime of your membership. Once again, thanks for listening or watching this season. I hope you enjoyed this season finale. Have a great summer and keep on thriving. I'm Jenny Mahar wishing you the best of health. See you next season.